Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. If you want to get your hands on some Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise, all you have to do is go to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com and you can find all sorts of Hey Bartender t-shirts and other stuff and just some t-shirts with some wise-ass remarks on them. Kind of cool. But just remember, head over to hey-bartender-podcast.myshopify.com Dot com and use the checkout code hey dude to get 10% off your entire order yes 10% off your entire order go there now wait not now we're about to start the show Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm the dude. I'm your bartender for the evening. How y'all doing tonight? Oh, let's all sit down. Let's all relax. Let's all get a little bit of social lubrication going here tonight. How do y'all feel about this? Let's start with the drink special. This week's drink special I got off drizzly.com. It is called the Caribou Lou. This drink is attributed to the rapper Tech 9 the Caribou Lou is somewhat of a fruity drink with a strong kick from the 151 proof rum. The song goes as far as uh, to call out how numb this drink might make you. So enjoy uh, enjoy this responsibly, people. So how you make this thing? You make uh, get one ounce of 151 rum, one ounce of coconut rum, and fill that bastard with pineapple juice. Uh, well, hopefully the pineapple juice kills some of that. You know, a long time ago when I was uh, bartending, I had this Jamaican guy. He came into the bar. Real nice guy. He worked at the electronics store across the way from the bar. He to- uh, We started talking about various different rums that uh, uh, we had behind the bar. And he started talking about 151. And when it, come to, when it came to 151, he said, do you know what we call that in Jamaica? And I said, no. What do you call that? And he goes... Push you back rum. And I said, push you back rum. And he goes, yep, because you fall this way, and then we push you back. And then you fall this way, then you push you back. And, you know, we just had a good laugh about that. Oh, but you know what? I talk about a, a lot of different things. But, hey, you know, this week, let's talk about drunks. You know, aren't drunks cute sometimes? Uh, everybody's got a drunk story. Everybody's got a story where they talk about uh, some uh, talk about themselves drunk is, you know, you always have that friend, especially you college kids. I'm sure you sit there going, oh, dude, I got so fucked up this weekend. I had this to drink. I had that to drink. And but the bartenders, you know, since we can't most of us, at least there are some uh, counties out there, states that allow a bartender to have a drink behind the bar and. But most of us, we can't drink when we're behind the bar, so we're forced to watch people drink and carry on. And, you know, 
we always got this. We uh, every bartender. The reason why I started this podcast really is because every single bartender out there, all of you that are kind enough to listen, have a bartending story. We I used to stand behind the bar with any of my coworkers, and we used to sit there and go, "God, we you know how many books we could write with just the stories from what happened." you know, uh, what's happened in our lives since we became a bartender. And, you know, that's why I encourage everybody out there, all of my listeners, send me emails, send me something on Facebook. Tell me about your favorite drunk story. Hell, starting next week, I've got my very first interview. So this this is my advanced advertisement. I usually don't do this because I kind of do this on the fly. I have my very first interview with another bartender uh, on this show. And she has a lot of great stories. I, uh, you know what? I'm not going to spoil too much of it because it's a great listen and I hope you tune in. But a couple of my stories uh, where I have interactions with drunks. Uh, well, I can't say too much about myself because I, you know, I don't drink really that often. What? A bartender that doesn't drink? Yeah, I'm that guy. And... I don't drink a lot. It's not just because it's not because at all, actually, that I think drinking is bad and, you know, it's uh, all, you know bad for you. Too many calories, too many carbs. You know, no, no. If I could uh, get drunk and actually enjoy it, I probably would. But, you know, I really don't enjoy being drunk. I enjoy being around people when they get to a certain level of drunk and I'm a lightweight. I've had so many people say, we're going to get you fucked up tonight. And I'm like, that won't take long. Uh, you know, Coors Light, one Coors Light and I'm flying. You know, there it, it's going to be a waste of your time. Not really a waste of your money because it's going to be really cheap. But, uh, well, ex- but there was one, I will tell you one of my stories where I drank a lot one night. This, uh, I, I, when, this is back when I, before I bartended. And I was playing with a band in Seattle and no, they weren't a famous band. They never will be a famous band. And I don't even know where any of the band members are nowadays. I haven't even tried looking them up on social media, mostly because I don't remember their names and there, there was no uh, drugs or alcohol involved. The reason why I can't remember their names, it was just too long ago, but I go to this uh, show and I'm playing the drums that night and my friends that I got to show up there, like, we want to see what happens when we get him drunk on stage. Is he going to go full-blown Keith Moon and just destroy the stage and pass out? What is he going to do? And so eventually during the show, I had this line of beers sitting next to my drum kit. And of course, I'm playing like crazy because this band was kind of a punk uh a punk band or you know a lot of really fast beats and lots uh, lots of chords just wall of sound coming at you you couldn't really understand the lyrics and so every time I got thirsty I reached down grab a beer chug it and keep playing and I'm sitting there I'm sweating all of this alcohol out I mean I could probably wring out a pint of sweat as soon as the show was done from the shirt I was wearing and all my friends, they're keeping up with me and they're just like, oh, wow, man, that, are you done playing? Oh, oh, 
oh, good job, man. And uh, and I'm just at the end of the show. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Well, the show's over, so uh, yeah, I need water, bad. And you know, because I sweat every drop of water out of my body just from playing that night. But that was a different type of thing because I was actually really involved with uh, being part of the drunk crowd. That was probably the most I've ever been involved with a drunk crowd. But when you get to the, be the bartender level, it's a whole different experience because your job is to stand there, watch people essentially babysit. And now when it comes to adults or even kids in school nowadays, it's uh, a little bit on the ridiculous side. Nobody is paid to babysit. Oh, anybody who said that has never worked in the service industry because that's what you do in the service industry, especially bartenders. And I mean, because you got these people, they take these drinks, they throw them back and essentially they use that opportunity to do stupid things or say goofy things or you know just be completely somebody else from the normal nine to five job that you would interact with this person with and and it was it was this this sort of thing was funny there there was this woman that came into the bar all the time she drank beer majority of the time but in let but then eventually she decided that it's happy hours so I can get a Long Island iced tea cheaper uh, than regular priced Long Island iced tea. So I'm going to drink those during happy hour and then go to beer. And she uh, was unemployed uh, for part of the time. Well, a lot because she'd have hold a job for a little while and then she'd lose it, hold a job for a little while and then she'd lose it. And uh, just one of those bad luck, hard luck cases Truthfully, I really didn't like being around her because she was annoying as fuck when she was born when she was drunk. But that's just me. I mean, because truthfully, I had to really like you in order to want to take care of you uh, in my bar. You know, you know, just or just either I had to like you or I wanted to avoid you getting pulled over and then tell them where you were at. And then all of a sudden I get in trouble for over-serving you. But I had tricks around that. I'll tell you about that some other time. So this woman, she, there was at one point where she was sitting there drinking. And then all of a sudden she says, you know what? I got this new job. And if you ever see any of those people that work at that job, don't tell them I drink. And I said, you know, as often as you're here, you might have to reveal that to them sometime because you're always drinking. And if they come in here, they're going to see you because you are loud and obnoxious when you get drunk. And she's like, oh, come on, please help me out. And I said, you know what? I really don't care. So don't worry about it. I'm not going to tell anybody about you. But the funny thing was, is when she had a few drinks in her, it was tough to get her to leave because well, maybe it's just because she was lonely. You know, she uh, was going to go back to an apartment uh, and, you know, all she had in there was TV. And I'm guessing cats, probably at least three. 
And, you know, I don't know that for certain, but she seemed like a cat lady. Not that cat ladies are bad, but she seemed like a cat lady. So she stayed in there for hours on end. And the more she drank, the louder she got. And especially, especially on karaoke nights, if she saw a guy that she thought was cute on the stage singing any song, it didn't really matter. She would hoot, holler, and scream like a 16-year-old girl at a Justin Bieber concert. And then she would try to get to know that guy, and all of a sudden you get that look of panic towards the bartender. What is it? Who is this woman, and why is she won't leave me alone? My girlfriend is right there. And, you know, so we just come over here, sit down, calm down a little bit. He'll be back on stage in a, probably in a few songs. And eventually she would embarrass herself and then eventually leave or realize, oh, I I didn't realize it was one o'clock. I better go home. And, you know, her jobs would on average last about three months and uh, then she'd have to move on. I'm pretty sure she had to move out of that town because she used every opportunity for a job that she could. Uh, uh, So, you know, good luck to her. But. You know, the uh, the older drunks are the ones that I enjoyed the most is because the older, you know, the older drunks, they, well, actually they got, uh, they, they, they had this saying, uh, it's like when somebody tried to call him an alcoholic and he goes, Hey, I'm not an alcoholic. Alcoholics go to class. I'm a drunk. You know, it was just like they drank and they were proud of it. And so it was like, I'm too old to need to be responsible. Well, I know all the tricks to be responsible. You know, I'm too old to drink uh, those multi-liquor drinks. Just give me a whiskey soda and, you know, let's talk about anything. And, uh, you know, you could talk about, uh, you know, why is the sky blue or why, why is the grass green? And he wouldn't necessarily have anything to really give any decent input into it. But, hey, you know, he was, you know, fun guy. I mean, uh, there were there's some fun older guys that uh, came into those bars talking about music. And then they'd sit there and really start getting into it, reminiscing about, oh, when I met my third wife, this song was playing on the radio and Oh, it was just the the most romantic moment in the back of my Plymouth. And to this day, I can't stand the sound of Peter Frampton. And, you know, it, you know, it's just funny stories like that. But the most of the time, the older guys, they were somewhat responsible. I mean, if they just wanted a little bit of company, they'd go to the bar, have a couple drinks, and then eventually they'd go home and then finish off whatever they had in the refrigerator or whatever they bought at the grocery store on their way home. The kids though, the kids were a completely different monster. They know nothing about getting drunk or other than, uh, it looks fun. You know, it looks fun. I yet, cause they're the ones that go, yay, work is over. Let's go get fucked up. Let's party. Woo. And 
you know, they go and, you know, they start off with beer or, you know, they, they think that they're the ones that sit back and say, well, how do you have fun without alcohol? And I usually, I just agree with them because I'm tired of talking about it. And once they've got that idea in their head, they really, they really are stuck with it. And I, and I, but in my mind, you can have fun without alcohol. You just need a little bit of imagination and you need to be the sober guy in the room. And that's how you have fun without alcohol yourself. Everybody else can have alcohol because when the kids are young and you're the bartender, how many of you bartenders have ever tried this? Get them to believe things. It's the closest thing I have ever felt to being a Jedi. And it's just, you know, wave your hand in the air. You don't need another drink. It's, then sometimes that worked. With the, you know what? I don't need another drink. And, you know, these kids, 22, 23 years old, they sit back. Oh, I know my tolerance. I can handle, you know, so much more than this. Well, you can handle that at home, let's say. In, uh, because you have somewhere to fall. You have somewhere to throw up. You have friends that, if you're lucky, will take care of you and draw uh, nasty things on your face with a Sharpie. That'll be it. But if you leave my bar as drunk as you left a house party when you were 17 years old and you get pulled over, it becomes a completely different monster. And but if you do pass out in my bar, I will draw on your face with a Sharpie that, uh, you know, weren't there's a warning if you ever run into me as a bartender. Uh, but the kids, it's like they want to keep up with the people that have been drinking for years and they think getting messed up and completely fucked up is the only way to have fun. But, you know, there's that whole thing of the next day. Oh my God, my head. What the hell did I do? Why is my car parked at that weird angle in the neighbor's yard? across the street and you know then you know drink a Gatorade maybe have themselves a big uh greasy breakfast and you know there's something you know that kind of uh works out the hangover a little bit but usually you know before noon they're sitting there saying the famous phrase everybody say it together with me I will never do that again However, by 8 o'clock that night, they're out with their friends, running the bars, drinking. And But, you know, if you're lucky, they start off their bar night by saying, I got to take it easy tonight. And But, you know, one beer, eh, I'm feeling good. Two beers, okay, I got a good buzz on. Should it stop here? No, because my other friend just bought me an adios motherfucker. So I got to drink that. What? Shots? Yeah, cool. Let's do some shots. And see, it, it just, it becomes a spiral. And uh, I think if I really put my mind to it, I, I think if nobody had to work in this world, people would be drunk or under the influence of something all the time. 
and you know, and you know, it's just sitting there drunk or uh, smoking weed. You know, if nobody had to be productive, there would you know people you know people would be dying of liver poisoning or you know jumping off of four story buildings, try aiming for a swimming pool, and you know. It would, it would be utter chaos. So that's the reason why uh, everybody should have a job. That's uh, my stupid theory for the uh, for the day. But I had a good friend who sat back and thought, okay, it's the 21-year-olds that ruin drinking for everybody because they haven't taken any time to learn. It's just all of a sudden, yay, I'm 21, I can drink. And then they run out there as fast as they can if they didn't spend their teens with a fake ID. But then they get to be 21 and then they got to spend the next year or two learning their tolerance. And an old friend of mine who I've known since high school came up with this brilliant idea that I'm surprised that nobody has ever really brought up. And, uh, my His idea was... You lower the drinking age to 18 and you raise the driving age to 21. You know, it's just switch it. And that way, between 18 and 21, you have plenty of time. You have three years to learn your tolerance. Then you can be put behind the wheel. Of course, you got those old farts that still haven't figured that out. But hell, it might work. You never know. I, I mean, who am I to oh, shoot down a great idea? So when he runs for public office, I'll mention his name and then I want you guys to all vote for him because if he becomes a political leader of any kind, you, uh, you want to talk about making America great again, this will be a party. <laughs> I mean, uh, imagine Bender from Futurama. No, no, he wouldn't be that bad. But then again, it would be fun. Bender for president. Wait, we don't talk about politics in a bar. You know why? Because everybody's got their own opinion. And when you're drunk, opinions get amplified. So how do you avoid this? I mean, there was one girl that was in my bar. She Great, really friendly girl. She was a server at another bar uh, across the way. And when her bar closed down for the night. She would come over and have a nightcap at my bar. And she was always really friendly, really funny, bubbly. And one night she drunk a little bit too much. And she was also taking some kind of socioeconomics class at community college. Then all of a sudden it became really important to her for her to talk to everybody about politics now, if you've ever talked to a bartender or listened to this podcast, there's two things you never talk about in a bar, politics and religion, because both of those subjects will always end up in a fight. However, with this little girl, uh, well, she, not little as in young, but short girl running around talking about Russian economics and then screaming at people, do you vote? Do you vote? It was hilarious. And so, but luckily one of her coworkers also showed up that night 
and he knew how to get her to sit in one place and was able to talk to her and keep her conversation going so she could get her all of her uh ideas on socioeconomics uh, in the Russian community off her chest and keep her safe. And that guy, he was actually the bouncer from where she worked. And it, it was, I'm, I was thankful for him because I was really worried about her, you know, because, you know, she says something like that to the wrong person. She can, uh, she can get herself into real trouble. And I didn't want to see her go to jail or get it citation or get hurt you know I, I never want that in any of my bars well that's not exactly true there are have been people that you know as a bartender I don't wish any specific harm to happen to people but every once in a while I get this idea in my head man if somebody wants to fight you I may have to uh, take my time look for the cordless phone and uh what was it nine one yeah you know i think there was another number in there let me think and but there's this group of kids they called themselves the wrecking crew and they had this uh nasty habit of getting drunk getting stupid and really violent and uh friend of mine uh my co-worker she knew knew most of them because her son was friends with them and the thing about them was is they loved to party they loved to drink and if they couldn't find somebody to beat the shit out of they beat, beat the shit out of each other which you know in my mind when they beat the shit out of each other that was like an unemployment solution right there. But no, I don't want anybody to get seriously hurt or go to the hospital or anything like that. But when you're acting that stupid and think, you know, I don't want to beat up that guy. We can't beat up that guy. Hey, can I beat you up? You know, since we're buddies, you know, that, you know, that you know, you got to start wondering where you are on the evolutionary line, and it's just ridiculous. And I felt really sorry for a fellow bartender. She was working one night, and I was at another bar across the street visiting another friend, and uh, all of a sudden, her boyfriend gets a call from her and says, "Oh my God, there's a fight happening." get over here right now. And so when her boyfriend says, Oh my God, she's in trouble. Uh, I bet I got to go. And I said, I'll come with you. We both ran to go to the, uh, go to her bar. And when we got there, it was just broken bottles everywhere. I guess this fight escalated to the point where one of them jumped behind the bar and then another one came after him and they started doing the old timey Western bar fight where you grab a bottle off the ta- uh, off the shelf and smack your friend in the head with it and you know keep fighting 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 and she'd called the police and uh the police showed up and were taking questions they didn't get much from me because I wasn't there when the fight started I was just there to make sure that uh, she was okay and 
those guys were, when it came to being stupid drunk, they took the cake because uh, they would ultimately leave proof. There's another one night where they got, well, the, the... uh, to finish up that story about uh, when they got in that bar fight and were beating the crap out of each other with bottles, they were eventually caught and stopped. Um, they weren't arrested for anything because uh, the bar didn't press charges. They uh, were caught at the supermarket across the way because they went over to the supermarket to buy some first aid supplies because they really cut the shit out of each other. But... The back when I was working at that same bar, all of a sudden the police show up and say, um, there's a fence on the other side of your bar that has been broken to pieces. Uh, do you know anything about this? And we, of course, you know, we didn't know anything. We said, no, we don't know anything about, you know, somebody breaking up a fence. You know, we're tending bar. Bouncers, did you guys see anything? Nope, been checking IDs all night. And so we said, no, we don't know anything. So I had one of the bouncers go out there with him to take a look at the damage. And uh, as the police are kicking around the boards, all of a sudden one of them finds a cell phone and picks up the cell phone. Cell phone's got a full charge and lots of phone numbers in it. The guy found, you know, this was... Back in the days of the Nokia 5100 series. Now, some of you might remember that phone. Some of you might not. But not a lot of people locked their phones back then. And if they did lock their phones, it was just two buttons. It wasn't facial recognition. It wasn't a six-digit passcode it or fingerprint identification. It was just star, big button. That was it. So they took a look at this phone and started making calls. And ultimately, those kids were caught just because the kid was like, I want my cell phone back. And the cops were like, you can have your uh, you can have your phone back. But first, we're going to have a little bit of a talk. Oh, yep. Drunks are fun. And the different levels of drunkenness, it's because you can't just say one type of drunk, you know. Nobody, you can't say that everybody turns into a violent drunk. You can't say everybody, it turns into a quiet drunk. Everybody is different. I mean, with 9 billion different personalities on this planet, there is 9 different, 9 billion different ways that the personalities change when they're drunk. There's this one girl that when she got drunk, I could time it and, uh, to a science. She would sit there and drink white wine, Chardonnay, I think. And the first glass of wine she drank, she was relaxed. She was friendly. She was nice to everybody. Second glass of wine. Everything's funny to her. And I mean, yeah, that can be entertaining, depending on the day. Sure. And, but when you reach halfway through that third glass of wine, all of a sudden she is sad about everything. 
Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Oh my God. And that's when you have to time it just right to help her out, to keep her uh, safe, mostly, because there's uh, guys that go and take advantage of that sort of thing. Uh, but you say, when she reaches that second glass, it's a hey, take her aside and go, hey, I know you want a third glass, but you always start crying at the bar. Are you sure you want to do that? You know what? Do you want some chicken strips first before we give you that third glass of wine? It might mess up the timing, you know, screw up the system a little bit. And there were nights where she was, oh, yeah, thank you. Let's do that. Uh, because, you know, she was having a good time. She had friends there. But other nights where she got insanely offended by that and refused, then it became happy drunk to angry drunk. So I can drink as much as I want. I come here all the time. You know, there's where that bar, uh, that bar customer entitlement comes in again. I can drink. I promise. I promise. I promise. I won't start crying. Uh huh. All right. Well. Here's the third one. I'm depressed. Oh, yeah. Those. Oh, man, I had a hard time with that. And my coworkers, you know, they were so awesome. They uh, mostly because they were bartenders long before I was and knew the art, literal art. It's like martial arts of the service industry when it came to customer service. And whereas me, I'm like, I'm tired of you go away. And they, but they took care of them. And I learned so much from them about customer service and other ways to deal with situations such as that. So, you know, if you're just starting out as a bartender or server, pay attention to the veterans I mean, they know what they're doing it, and uh, when it comes to customer service because anybody, uh, anybody can learn how to make a drink and anybody can learn how to uh, learn, knows how to pour a beer. But customer service is like a Jedi skill. It's not something that you have naturally. It's something that you have to learn. It's something that you have to experience. And, you know, my version of customer service um, might have dabbled in the dark side of the force a little bit. But, you know, ultimately, after being a bartender for six years, I was able to uh, really straighten myself out and be able to be friendly and work with people Instead of going, oh, dear God, I don't want to deal with you. Get the hell out. Um, one one really good example. Uh, There's one guy. He was well known in the area of all the bars that were in that area. And all he did was come in and drink gin and, gin and tonic. That was his drink. And I knew that uh, that he had a specific rule when it came to coming into any bar in that town. I think even in the town next over, he could have one drink and then he had to leave. 
never have two and because he was the town drunk and uh you know i don't know what he did for a living but i know after he got off work he had to make the circuit and i don't know if he walked or whatever and you know at first i was just like okay i know for a fact i'm your last stop just get your drink and get out i uh, you know i don't i don't want you talking to the customers i don't you know cuz the cut you annoy the customers i don't want to have to babysit you and and the but i even started trying to trick him this is this is a bartender trick. I don't I don't know if some of you guys know about this, but I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you it anyway. This guy was gin and tonic all the way. And so I tried to short pour him. Honestly, I tried to short pour him every once in a while by putting in the tonic first, pouring the gin on top of the tonic and then shoving the straw in there that way thinking, me thinking that when he gets that first hit. He thinks, oh, this is a strong drink. But I got caught. He even asked my friend who worked at a different bar. He says, why does he put in the gin last? And I went, ah, shit, he caught me. And But I, I stopped doing that because, uh, you know, I think, you know, he was aware enough to realize that I was trying to mess with him. But there was other... Uh, other drunks in uh you know i some of them were really really fun and you know when they got drunk you know maybe it's like that friend episode uh that friends episode that guy that was really fun that he, when he was drunk but when he decided to sober up all of a sudden nobody wanted to be around him anymore and you know monica was just like uh you were a lot of fun when you're drunk i don't want to date you anymore and so yeah, the the fun drunks were usually the ones that got off work late, and they only had time to get a little bit of a buzz in, and uh, they're always really friendly, and not overly friendly, but uh, you know, it's just got a nice buzz going here. Everything's cool. Everything's relaxed. Yeah, I I mean, and. Then there are other, uh, other of the cool drunks that uh, are always really friendly, and you know I'm desperately trying to think of a story right now. But my favorite uh, customers were always the late night corporate servers, uh, you know the ones that came from the big corporation restaurants, because they, you know, they were happy that their shift was over. Now they can spend an hour or two having a drink or two, shoot some pool, and just, you know, be away from the whole working the tables thing and no more bad customers or evil customers. And we treated them like friends. They're, I mean, uh, we made sure that they were ultimately taken care of just because they were cool. They were always really nice. And... They tipped well. And, you know, tipping aside, the they were just really cool customers. And so, 
But you know, I mean, I, I can't say that all of the people that worked in corporate restaurants were really cool. I had uh, two customers that well, I think I told mentioned it in the last podcast where uh, the woman's husband was not allowed into any bar in the town except for the one that I worked at, and but she didn't tip shit ever. And she was in the service industry. She knows what it's like. She knows that's how the servers make money. But she didn't tip anything. Why? I don't know. But we still served her, but we just didn't go out of our way to uh, make sure that her glass was always full. And But my servers always, always, always loved it when they came in because they understood what we're going through. They, and they always were there to blow off some steam and have some fun. And, you know, you can't ask for more than that. You want to keep your bar in a fun atmosphere. That's why you got to be careful of that guy that says, give me one more beer. Now who wants to fight me? Or get rid of that woman that says, I'll have a wine. I'm depressed now. Or you know, the guy that's just like, I'm not drunk. <laughs> you know, if somebody's starting to fall asleep at your bar, you need to get rid of them as fast as you can. Keep your bar fun. Keep your bar relaxed. That's what keeps people coming back. Unless you're uh, one of those clubs in like downtown cities. Uh, where you have to keep it a different level of fun, keep the music loud and keep the people dancing and keep the drinks just flowing. But when you got the corner bar, uh, like for lack of example, cheers, trademark paramount, uh, <laughs> you just want to keep everybody in a good mood and, you know, learn their names and find, know what they like. Cause nothing beats, a happy customer to death more than when they walk in the bar, they go and sit down and their drink is already in front of them. That is what makes a customer feel like that they're at home. Anyway, we're going to take a break here for a second. We're going to play a little bit of music. This time let's amp things up a little bit. Uh, From their album, Welcome to the Rock Show. Here is I Believe by Blitz.
Once again, that was Blitz from their album, Welcome to the Rock Show. That was the song, I Believe. Blitz is a band from Nottingham, UK. They combined a flair for the melodic, powerful riff, fueled anthems, anthems and showmanship with such diverses as the pomp rock of Queen, Metallica, and ACDC, and Kiss. They got a great sound. I really liked that. Uh, if you want to follow them, they're all over Facebook or Reverb Nation. You can even find them on YouTube. One more thing that I'm going to go over a little bit on about drunks is if you're friends with the other neighborhood bars, which I totally suggest that you do because bartenders and servers help bartenders and servers. I can't count how many nights where I was working and then all of a sudden I get a call from another bar good friend of mine she says look these guys they're coming over uh they're a little bit drunk i'm really sorry you might not want to serve them check them out yourself you know do it that uh, decide what you want to do but you, you know you might want to just give them coffee or water and i i would always go oh okay thanks cool yeah i'll deal with that right now but uh uh this kid I actually got mad at their servers because this kid was, I think he had a, had a thing for one of the servers over, uh, another one of the bars. And so after drinking the night away at their bar, he said, so where are you guys going after this? And they said, oh, we're probably going to go over to the other bar and see the dude and, uh, you know, have a, a quick drink before we go home. And I, according to them, he wasn't like that when he left our bar. According to them, he wasn't uh, that drunk before he left. And I still got mad at him. I was just like, would you look at this kid? He is in my booth drooling. And the only thing that I saw him do in the last 20 minutes is get excited when lowriders started playing on the jukebox. And he just all of a sudden sat up and went, yeah, lowrider, woo, and then closed his eyes. And, you know, I quickly took whatever was in front of him away from him. I think I even had to toss him out because he started trying to uh, pick up uh, drinks off of other tables that weren't his. Uh, You know, if if you're that type of person that tries to start picking up drinks, uh, that aren't yours. You really, really need to rethink your life. But, you know, take my advice. You want to keep your bar fun. You want to keep your bar relaxed. It's supposed to be a place where people can just sit back, relax, and, you know, end their day on a happy note. Because not everybody can do that. I mean, you just if you just go home, and, you know, you sit and watch a sitcom, you know, uh, back in the 90s, even Seinfeld probably couldn't bring you out of it. Uh, nowadays, I, well, I don't know what are good sitcoms nowadays. I don't think there are any. But, you know, in, in my bar, to keep things light, keep things fun for me, I, after, you know, say after uh, the dining room closed, because my dining room would close uh, like 11 and then 
I would inevitably turn the channel over to the mu- back when music channels actually played music. I would turn it over to that because Sports Center was about to go into their rotation uh, where they play the same damn thing over and over and over and over and over again for uh, I think and probably until about 6 a.m. So I'd turn it over to the music station and we'd all just sit there and enjoy uh you know whatever music was up there and I remember laughing my ass off because there was this one girl that came into my bar um for people that know her that listen to this podcast um I won't say her name but let's just say she used to drink her mirror pond with a straw <laughs> okay uh she if she just heard me say that she's probably a little mad at me but I will not reveal her name but she was really cute still is and uh she was sitting there watching the music video and Jessica Simpson came on and she started making fun of Jessica Simpson and it was hilarious because I guess she was a big fan of that reality show uh that Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey I think was his name uh had when they were happily married shortly after the show they weren't so happy but uh you know, she was a big fan of that show, and she was, she, oh my god, she's wearing a shirt that says Platymapus on it. It's, it, it says Platymapus. And, you know, she went from admiring Jessica Simpson to all of a sudden saying, she has a lot of teeth. I mean, look at her smile. Look how many teeth she has. And then she starts pulling on her cheeks a little bit to try to mimic, you know, how many, you know, mimic how many teeth Jessica Simpson has. I thought that was hilarious. And, you know, fun things like that, that kept me from losing my mind as a bartender because the cust- there were some customers where I was just like, oh, dear God, I can't deal with this. You know, it, you know, I have to break up a fight. I have to calm this guy down because he won't shut up. And, you know, it, but then you had the really cool customers that came in and it became like, Oh, I don't know. Like, Oh, being friend, you're uh, be hanging out with your friends on the weekend in high school. And, you know, you all just sit there, you laugh, you talk and, uh, you know, there, it was, it was just comfortable. And, you know, thank God for that. Otherwise, I don't know what I've been doing uh, around then. Maybe I'd become a porn star. Who knows? And uh, and the late night crew became predictable. And like I told you, you have to know your customers. And, I mean, when they first start coming in, sure, they come in and say, can I get a beer? And then you realize that you have 15 taps and you just look at them and go, what flavor? Because, and usually they think it's funny, uh, because they don't think of beer as flavors. They think it is think of it as beers. But you got when you got your pails, you got your ales, you got your lagers, you got your darks, you got your you know it, it, it you know give me a brand name so I can give you what you want. And uh, you know when the late night crew came in, it became uh you know, like secondhand. 
And that was the, those were the people that I tried to keep happy all the time, just because I loved it when they came in, but not all the time where, uh, where I, was I able to keep people happy? Some people, it took a little bit of work, not that I usually worked really hard to make people happy. Uh, but this one couple in particular, they worked at the, uh, well, she worked at the diner across the way and he, uh, he was her boyfriend. Um, I don't know what he did for a living, but you know, they were friendly people, but at first, when they first started coming into my bar, she immediately got on my case because she would ask for a vodka crayon. And so I'd give her a vodka crayon, one shot of vodka. Well, and she'd ask for it in a pint glass. And so I said, okay, vodka crayon in a pint glass, one shot of vodka, fill with cranberry juice. Here you go. And then she'd take a sip off it going, uh, is there any alcohol in here? And I look at her and I'm, you're a bartender. You know better than to ask a question like that. She, she expected since I put it in a pounder glass that I was going to make it a little bit heavier than what she, uh, than, you know, what I'm a bartender supposed to be. It's that thing I'm telling you, I'm, I was telling you about it before. If you want an extra nice drink, order a damn double. You know, don't expect the bartender to, you know, so here's an extra shot just for being cute. Cause that screws up our, uh, that screws up our bottom line. And she got mad at me. In fact, there came to a point where she didn't want to come in my bar anymore because I wouldn't serve her strong drinks. And I said, well, st- stop asking for regular drinks and order a sm- strong drink. But something happened. I'm not sure what. I think it was just because, uh, once again, my bar was the open the latest in that town. She started coming back in. And I started trying to be friendly to her and her boyfriend. And uh, she, at one point, uh, I was being extra nice. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to buy her that extra shot because, you know, she is nice enough to not make a big deal or make any big stink about having to come back in my bar. So I, uh, I bought her an extra shot to go in her pint glass, uh, of vodka crayon. She took one sip off of it and all of a sudden says, um, can you put a little bit more cranberry juice in it? And I went, what the hell? That I started flipping her shit. And I said, I thought I didn't pour strong drinks. Well, you know, she goes, well, okay, yeah, I know I said that. But, you know, this one's a little bit too strong. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. I understand. And from then on, uh, we started becoming a little bit better friends. Well, friends might be a little bit strong. But we started getting along. And... uh she she was really uh, funny and she had a good sense of humor, especially when I decided to bring a video camera into the bar because her bar manager, uh, who was also a good friend of mine, whenever I took out my video camera and started wandering around the bar, immediately her bar manager would uh, flip me the bird, cover her face and give me the bird. And uh, But when I went over to her, she had a big smile, wave at me, and that that made that fun, and I you know ultimately I was just goofing around, but 
uh, I found out later that she realized that she needed to calm down her drinking a little bit because her mother uh, could smell the alcohol on her uh, at the end of the night. And, she, you know, she was legal age. She was a bartender. I mean, uh, but her mother would give her hell about it every time she went home. So she had she felt the need to calm that down a little bit. But the fun thing about her is every time she came into the bar, I knew exactly what songs she was going to play on the jukebox. She was going to play Ted Nugent's Stranglehold. She was going to play Anesthesia Pulling Teeth by Metallica, greatest bass solo ever done by Cliff Burton. And shit, I can't think of the third song. I know there was a third song. And But Ted Nugent and Anesthesia, I knew we were going to get played. So there was even a couple nights where I turned to my cook who was, you know, finished off his shift and then he just decided to sit at the bar and BS with me for a little while. I'd give him a couple dollars and I said, go over to the jukebox and put in those three songs. And he says, okay. And he wandered over to the jukebox and then all of a sudden those three exact songs start playing. And then, uh, she, she would all of a sudden perked up and was went, Oh my God. And I said, yep, played it just for you. And that was like me being, uh, that was my version of good customer service. Uh, you know, going that extra mile, spending a, a extra couple bucks on the jukebox so my good customer could hear her favorite songs that we had on uh, on the jukebox. Anyway, with that said, let's call last call. Uh, you know what this 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 is a good shift. Everybody had a good time. Uh, just a reminder, you know, if you're listening to this during the day. Don't panic. Last call isn't for a little bit longer. If you're listening to this in the dead of night, uh, it might be last call. You know, it, that's just a uh, bad attempt at a joke. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But this being last call, going to get a couple uh, things to pay the bills out of the way. Remember to follow us on Facebook uh, at Hey Bartender Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Hey Bartender PO1. Uh, let's see. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google play. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to, uh, get Mark all the bases. Hey, and if you want to get your hands on some, Hey, bartender podcast swag, or just some goofy t-shirts, go to Hey dash bartender dash podcast.myshopify.com and find all of the Hey bartender podcast merchandise. I'd like to give a shout out to Blitz for letting me use their song, I Believe. Go check them out. They're available on uh, Bandcamp. That's where I found them. And give a shout out to the website that I uh, stole the drink from. You know, if uh, you have a drink out there that you really like and uh, know how it's made, let me know how it's made so I can talk about it on Hey Bartender Podcast so we can get other bartenders to know about these drinks. But until the next show, which, like I said, I'm really excited about the next show because I have an interview with an old friend of mine named Shannon Moore, who talks about bartending from when she started back in 1985 up until present. And uh, we have a really good time. It'll be the first interview ever done on Hey Bartender Podcast. And remember, if you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is email me. 
heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com and we can arrange something. But until that time, I'd like to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anybody. Good night. So good, I had to blow again. I said, hey, I tell you.